Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. We have a very special guest today, and I'm thrilled. Her name is Magdalena Shalaki, and I'm mispronouncing that slightly, but she already gave me permission because everyone knows I mispronounce names, and it is Magdalena was kind enough to say, if you're not Polish, you're not going to know how to pronounce it. And Magdalena, I'm used to that in my own world because I'm Italian and people have mispronounced my name my entire life. So forgive me, but you're welcome. Hello. Well, hello. And thank you so much for having me here. <laughs> I'm thrilled. And I it, it's so lovely because the, we've had a few minutes to talk before we're on air. And um you're just my kind of person. I can tell by your personality. It's lovely. Oh, thank you. <laughs> now, here is what we're talking about today. And this is so important to women of every age. We're talking about breast health. We're talking about happy sisters, as Magdalena calls them, as the best boobs we can have. That's the idea. And I really, I read every single thing that was sent to me from you. And I just want to tell them one or two things about you. And then we're just diving in. Magdalena is the founder of Hormones Balance Community and Walina Products. Her online platform and products are dedicated to helping women to balance hormones naturally. And a published author of Cooking for Hormone Balance and Overcoming Estrogen Dominance, Magdalena is an endocrine nutrition expert, certified herbalist, speaker, educated, and a published author with a long history of her own hormonal challenges. These challenges include Graves and Hashimoto's, an autoimmune condition causing thyroid issues, and estrogen dominance. And I have to tell you, I've also have Hashimoto's, and I've also been captive to estrogen dominance. So, Megalyn, I'm only sorry that I didn't learn about you sooner, but that's okay. <laughs> that's why you're here today, because I think you could be so helpful to so many people out there. Now, how did you get into this? How did you, this is a niche, and you've obviously studied, and you've got a kit that we'll talk about later, a, a breast kit that we will have one as a giveaway. How did you become an expert at this i got fired from my previous job <laughs> it's perfect no but seriously i used to work in advertising i was a i was a vp of strategy for a large advertising agency doing regional work you know and um all around and yeah and i got really sick and and then there were layoffs and i got i got fired and or laid off or whatever uh, it felt like i was fired but yes um, and I went to nutrition school because I always had a lot of interest and, and just, you know, how food impacts. And, you know, I think it started off with, um, when I was like in my late twenties, 27, 28, I had cystic acne. I was covered in cystic acne, not just on my face, but also oh. my front, oh, my yeah. chest and my back. Like Denise, I did not own a shirt that's got an open back or front and you I grew up in a tropical country. So to be fully covered up like that was very unusual. Imagine like you don't own a shirt that's got an open front ever in summer. Right. right? So that was, um, and, and I, um, and it, by accident, I found this article. I remember this was back in Yahoo days that said, you know what food and specifically wheat can impact your skin and acne. And I was like, why? 
is the bread and the pasta that I'm eating, right? Yeah. And so there was like the first connecting point of like, hey, food really. And I remember cutting out gluten. And this is, you know, now it's like 25 years ago. I'm almost 50 today, right? So that was like almost 25 years ago. And I cut out gluten. And I remember not only my skin cleared out, not completely, because I found out later it was not the only food trigger, but yeah. um, my migraines were gone and I had a lot of more energy. I didn't have brain brain fog anymore. And so a lot of things um, just started changing, right? And then I did a food, food sensitivity test, which back then it was like, you know, $2,000. Sure. And it was super expensive. And, um, and then it turned out that I also had problem with eggs and dairy. And so that was my... There was like my, I did the elimination diet, clean up a lot of symptoms. And this is where, you know, that like, I already, I already knew that food can really impact how I feel. When I got fired from my job, I went back to nutrition school because I had Hashimoto's at that point, a raging Hashimoto's and, and there was just no resources back on that. And I thought I need to understand this deeper. And so this is really what took me, um, you know, on that, on that path really of wanting to first of all, help myself. And then later when I put Hashimoto's into remission by making a lot of dietary changes, you know, I, um, I, I started realizing that estrogen dominance is the second thing I need to deal with that I wasn't addressing, you know, by, by treating Hashimoto's. And, and, and then I realized also then further that not only that no one is really talking about estrogen dominance about in women as such. And so really this is when in the past few years, we've pivoted our entire practice towards dedicating it to helping women really understand what estrogen dominance is. Breast health is a big part of it, but it's not only, I mean, we can talk about symptoms, you know, if you like, uh, but it's, it's really the, it's just a very underserved market. Yet it's like 70% of women experience estrogen dominance at some, some point in their life. So how can we not talk about it? It's, I, I have to tell you, Magdalena, I say it again. I, when, as a young woman, I also had acne as a young woman mm. and I would go to the dermatologist. Now, in my case, I, I did elimination diets, but he used to say to me, "This, honey, this is all hormones. This is all hormones and stress from you. I know it is. Do you know what I mean? He was a great dermatologist. So we, at least he controlled so that there wasn't a lot of scarring. But I realized and he gave and I took some drugs like Accutane, if that was the thing you were, you know, that's from yeah. what happened. But the bottom line is. As I grew older, I, I found cysts, of course, in my breast. I have a gigantic one for years that was in the back of my breastbone. And no matter what mammogram I had, if I had to change doctors, they would see it and there'd be this horrible gasp. Do you know what I mean? As they were reading my chart, so sure that it was, you know, that I, and I think, oh, that gasp means I only have like a month left to live. But what you're talking about was I realized much later, but it was all estrogen driven, mm -hmm. but I couldn't get any information from people. I mean, even I went to a female gynecologist, but actually it was finally a male urologist said to me, oh, honey, it's all estrogen. Hmm. Now I'm in my fifties by now. Do you know what I mean? Wishing that I had known some of this beforehand. So I'm just thrilled and how great. And you're right. Talk about underserved. Yeah. Underserved. And, and, you know, it's interesting when you say estrogen, right? And so I just want to clarify here something because before Please. we dive in, in any further, yes. because there is something um, that, you know, I think the term estrogen dominance is really important that was formed so that it gives an umbrella name for a series of different symptoms um, that right. we can treat. 
but it's also but the 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 other side of the coin with this term it has created a lot of fear around estrogen in women and i want to just clarify that you know it's um estrogen dominance it's not to say that estrogen is a bad thing no it's too much it. of estrogen or it's how we break down that estrogen how we metabolize how the body breaks down that estrogen makes the difference it's the problem not the estrogen itself because when you're too low on estrogen, that's no good either, right? I mean, Absolutely. the fact that you are a spunky um, lady with nice skin and probably strong bones and you've got cognitive functions and you can, you know, we can have a meaningful conversation is all because you have adequate estrogen levels, right? So I just don't want to demonize estrogen here oh, in any way. In you. fact, yeah. So you're I'm not, right. because that's, right. what, that's what happens with a lot of... Um, you know, like, for example, my cookbooks, I use a lot of flaxseed, right? And so people write to us and say, you know, you're crazy. Like, I have estrogen dominance. My doctor says I should be staying away from flaxseed because flaxseed contains phytoestrogens. And it's a big misconception because that's the kind of estrogen that it's that's in flaxseed that's super beneficial for us as women. Um, you know, and it's actually going to help your hot flash. It's going to help you sleep. It's going to help your cognitive functions, Right. It's the estrogen that you find in, you know, mainstream skincare products or the estrogen from birth control pills that are synth synthetic type of estrogen or is the estrogen that is internally produced. But how you break it down in, in your liver and your gut is not favorable because your gut is not in great shape, shape and your liver is just overtaxed. That's what the problem is. So I just want to clarify that here. That You explained a lot. That's fabulous. You explained a lot in that sentence. So what are fibrocystic breasts? Yeah, so fibrocystic breasts are largely due to a condition, the hormonal imbalance that we talked about called estrogen dominance. And and typically when, and I'll, I can talk about breasts in a second, and, but it's interesting also to see that most women who have an issue with breasts, they typically display also a lot of other uh, symptoms of estrogen dominance. Such as, for example, very difficult periods, terrible PMSs, fibroid, having fibroids, having thyroid nodules, um, a lot, actually a lot of the, you know, period issues. So whether it's scanty periods or heavy periods or absent periods or having terrible PMSs, like the way, for example, I did as a teenager, you know, on the floor for two days with two types of painkillers on each side of my, um, of my bed you know, that's, um, that's, that's largely that, but also, you know, a lot of um, women with like, who had the pear shapes, you know, put on a lot of weight around their thighs and, and uh, hips. Um, and they hit the gym five times a week, and they just can't lose that cellulite and fat around their um, the bottom half of their bodies. That's very, that's typically very estrogenic. If I put on weight, I tend to be very estrogenic, not surprising, right? That's why I do this work. Yeah. Um, if I put on weight, it all goes in my butt. Like I've got this big jiggly butt, you know. Um, and so this is where by overcoming estrogen dominance, we can actually resolve a lot of these things. And so typically it's not just breast uh, lumps or, right, that only that can manifest. Um, but yeah, so what are fibrocystic breasts? So this, you know, we call it, we have, there are cyclical and non-cyclical uh, breast issues. So cyclical is when it goes along with your period meaning a lot of women who still are, if you're recycling, is from ovulation till your period. This is when you can find a lot of engorgement of your breast sensitivity. Um, there might be a lump that suddenly becomes a lot bigger. And that's a, in the luteal phase, we call it, right? And this is where typically, it's, it's typically tends to be hormonal. Um, 
on, in that phase. Some women have a non-cyclical, meaning that they have breast issues the whole time. Now, the the issue with um, why does estrogen play such a big role? Estrogen in excess, but again, is the I call it a dirty estrogen. Denise, would you mind? Let me just explain the dirty estrogen. What it is. Please. So imagine like you're standing in front of this beautiful river, like somewhere up in the mountains. I live in Colorado. We have a lot of beautiful, clean streams streams here, right? You're standing in front of a stream and there is this bank in the middle of the stream. The stream is somewhat clean, but not really. It's as it flows through the bank, it separates it to two separate streams, a clean stream and a dirty stream. Mm. And that's exactly what happens with your with your hormones. You have estrogen circulating in your blood and as it, as it goes through your gut and your liver, that's the bank that I talk about. And that's when it separates it to a clean stream and dirty stream of estrogens. I call it dirty estrogens. The dirty estrogens is what causes all the symptoms that we talked about, including um, engorgement of breasts, growth of uh, fibroids, sorry, growth of uh, cysts and, um, and l- 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 lumps on in the breast. Why? Estrogen is highly inflammatory. So what it does is, you know, in your breast, we have a lot of ducts, right? A lot of lymphatic um, passages. And one of the things that estrogen does is engorges and closes them up because they're so swollen. And so so that's where the second thing comes in with uh, breast uh, maintenance and and health is, is activation of the lymphatic system, right? So there is a lot of lymph nodes, you know, a lot of people know that you have your tonsils. And by the way, for women who have problems with tonsils in their childhood, they tend to be more prone to having a lot of problems with their breasts later on. And that's a connection with the lymphatic system. Um, you have a lot of lymph nodes, you know, on your, along your neck, down your, especially under your armpits, right? That's a huge area there. Um, and your breast as well. And so, when estrogen makes everything so inflammatory and it swells the lymph- lymphatic nodes up and then it causes a lot of stagnation of fluids in the breast and that's what causes an engorgement of the breast. I know women who have are you know eight cup wearers of bras, right? And as they transition to their cyclical, uh, the you know the second part of the periods, they can go from cup A to cup C within a course of three, four days. I mean, that's yes. how huge the changes are. And it's not just like, oh, I've got big boobs, it's, but it's extremely uncomfortable, right? It's painful. It's women don't want to have sex during this time. It's like off limit, don't touch my breast. A lot of women can't exercise the same way. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, a lot going on. But basically that's the, you know, it's, it's a lymphatic system. It's your, it's your hormones, um, dirty estrogens that are really causing all that engorgement and swelling. I, now I've been in menopause, Magdalena, for at least 10 years, maybe, maybe five, five, somewhere between five and 10 years. I've forgotten, but I have to tell you something. There's a couple of days a month. I still have sore bosom. Do you know what I mean? And I know, but, and I say that to people and people don't really, again, women do. But when I have said that to a male doctor that I have now, I think he thinks that I'm crazy, but you're in menopause, but you still have hor- you still need to have balanced hormones. You need all this information. I think goes from the, uh, the lifespan of a woman. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's that's why I was excited when you could be on the show because if someone isn't ex- uh, listeners not experiencing themselves, chances are they have a daughter 
Do you know what I mean? Or a granddaughter or a sister that is still experiencing what you're talking about. And, and then, you know, I talked about engorgement of breast, but I mean, the other thing of breast issues, which menopausal, perimenopausal, menopausal women, postmenopausal experience a yes. lot is lumps on the breast. Yes. Fact, let's, let's face the fact that majority of breast cancers are women 65 and above, right? That's the biggest demographic. Now, are they estrogen dominant? Because that's the part that to a lot of women, it doesn't make sense. Wait, I'm in menopause. My estrogen has tanked. My progesterone has tanked. I can't be estrogen dominant. In fact, my, you know, one of our, um, my colleagues on our team, her mom saw the book, my, my book, Overcoming Estrogen Dominance. So she picked it up and she's like, oh, nice book. You know, and she puts it down and she's like, no, mom, you need to read this book. And she's like, I'm not estrogen dominant. I'm in menopause already. Right. So again, it's a term that can be misleading. Now, um, estrogen dominance is the main cause of breast cancers in women, right? Is estrogen receptor positive breast cancers are um, due to estrogen dominance. And guess what? It's the demographic that is low on estrogen who has that. So can you be in menopause and be estrogen dominance? Absolutely, yes. And the reason that happens is like, you know, to the surprise of your doctor, right? Like, or making a comment yeah. saying like, how can it be? You may be low on estrogen in menopause and that's very normal. However, the little estrogen you have, how you break it down to the clean and dirty estrogen makes all the difference. You're still breaking it up, even though, you know, it's lower than when you were in your 20s and 30s. And that's, that's what makes all the difference. That's a great explanation. So one of the, you know, one of the things that estrogen dominance causes in women, like, let's talk about like breast health and menopause, right? With women, yes. like it doesn't have to be cancer. Like it's no. it never, you know, it, it, first of all, cancer doesn't just happen just like that. It's years and years of development of tissue changes of hormonal changes, but also of DNA damage. And by the way, estrogen, excess death, dirty estrogen also causes DNA damage that's contributing factor towards breast cancer, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can, you know, you can start experiencing having lumps on your breast, cysts on your breast, right? In yeah. any age, it could start off with girls who are 14 years old and it yeah. can go all the way to women in their 80s yes. when they are suddenly finding a lump, you know, because estrogen dominance doesn't differentiate. As long as you have dirty estrogens, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be contributing towards um, the growth of a lump. In. And it's, I mean, you know, I don't need to tell anyone how scary that is. You know, in fact, I always think about it that there's certain memorable moments in our lives. Like I think most people remember where they were when 9-11 happened or where they went, you know, where they went when Princess Diana died, whatever, you know, if you're a fan of the royal family. Um, and I think a lot of women remember when they first they found their first breast lump. I agree. You know? It's so emotional, right? And it comes with like so much of emotion of like, what is this? Is this cancer? How do I get it diagnosed? And then it comes with this whole guilt thing. It's like, it's all the smoking and the drinking that I've been doing. And is it the hormones that I took? Is it a birth control that I've been taking? You know, all it's, it's a very, very loaded um, finding, right? Yes. And this is part of the reason why I do what I do is because I remember finding my first lamps when I was in my late twenties. Right. And, you know, and, um, and, and and find and having them throughout the years through a course of you know so many years and i came to a point where i'm like you know what every time that happens like i'm having this major panic attack and the whole process of like i said having diagnosis another issue because they push it towards a mammogram and then you hear a mammogram it's a terrible you should do a thermogram what about a sonogram and you know and all of that uh all these decisions and then the wait time to get the diagnosis right 
Yes. I mean, one thing that you we can all do and agree here is like do the right things so you don't ever find a lump again. And that was my my whole mission, you know, for my objective goal for my own health. And it is like I don't want to find another lump ever again. So what can people do? What can women do to prevent that? Yeah. So, you know, we talked about the dirty estrogen, one of the, and I mentioned, remember how I said the liver, right? So I think the liver is a highly underestimated organist. And you, we think of it this way. It's like a sieve um, that you, you know, when you're making a a bone broth and you were just like pouring the bone broth through the sieve, there's like a lot of stuff that's left in there. Right. And you, you, you throw it into the trash or, you know, or recycling, not recycling, but um, uh, you know, whatever, uh, You throw it out. No worries. No worries. You throw it out, right? And then, you know, and then you clean it out and you continue doing. And your liver is exactly the same. Your liver is a sieve that needs to be maintained and cleansed once in a while, right? Or cleansed on a regular basis. So this is one of the big things that we can do is, um, you know, I'm a big fan of changing the diet, first of all. Elimination of a lot of the inflammatory foods that are causing a lot of pressure and a lot of... um, you know, a lot of um, loading on on the liver. And so getting off gluten, right, getting off limiting dairy as much as possible, limiting sugar. Um, You know, interestingly, a lot of women have reported to us that um, giving up coffee or substituting coffee with something else caffeinated. Coffee has got and alcohol are the two heavy hitters when it comes to processing uh, for the liver to process. And so Interestingly, we've had great results of like people already had a lot of clean, had clean diet, took a lot of supplements, and they were still having a lot of issues with estrogen dominance and like hot flashes. I forgot to mention hot flashes is one of the symptoms of estrogen dominance as well. And, you know, and it's the minute they eliminated the coffee uh, or alcohol, that's when a lot of things started changing. But also let's talk about what to add in, right? Because it's not just about like what to take out. Let's talk about what we can bring in. So, you know, um, I will say like a lot of basically a lot of really um, amazing, bitter uh, vegetables uh, in the family of the Christopher's family, the Brassica family, right? So so the cabbages, cabbage family. So cabbages, kale, collard greens, throw away the goddamn zucchinis or uh, (laughs) lettuce. They are nutritionally really, really poor. And substitute your lettuce, for example, with arugula or mustard greens. They're nutritionally a lot more dense, but it's also they have these bitter qualities, but they also have a substance in them called that dialdomethane, um, sulforaphane that are all really beneficial for the liver. So, you know, um, let's see what else is there. Radishes, turnips, they're all wonderful that they're in that family um, that you can just, you know, if you can just do four to six, six servings or cups a day um, of those, it's already a huge win. Um, the other thing that we can add in is, you know, and you, remember the liver loves bitters. So liver I, loves bitters. I'm going to embroider that on a sweater. <laughs> the liver well, loves bitters. Yeah. I, you know, it's so funny. I'd never heard that before, mm-hmm. but I, I eat a tremendous amount of arugula. That's great. Me too. That's my favorite. Vegetable. My favorite thing. I right? put it in everything. I put Can it you, I, because everything. you're Italian. Yes. <laughs> I put, a, but I mean, I'll make two little poached eggs and I serve them or even one poached egg. I serve it over arugula. And lots Perfect. of times my husband says, I don't need any more arugula. I go, oh no, yes, you do. But I love arugula. That's great to know. 
Yeah. Yeah. The liver loves bitter. Okay. Bitters, yes. So, you know, like to every today, when you walk into most health food stores, there is always in a tea section, there's always going to be something about like liver support or, yes. you know, and it will, you will find herbs in there, such as dandelion root or, um, you know, or artichoke or burdock root, right? These kind of, these kind of liver supporting herbs, I mean, they're just amazing in helping the liver to function better. And it really stimulates, it also stimulates your bile flow. Um, and the more bile you're producing, the more um, we get, is going to help to cleanse and, um, and bind up the dirty estrogen. So that's another amazing oh. benefit. Last thing I'll mention is, you know, um, adding a couple of tablespoons of ground up flax seeds okay. every day is actually really wonderful uh, for two reasons. So, you know, you, you, like I mentioned, you know, earlier about like how I, we get, I get this email saying, you're crazy, you use flaxseed in your recipes, right? Because, you know, here I am got estrogen dominance. I have, or women who, for example, have breast cancer in the past, you know, and estrogen receptor positive breast cancer. And their doctor says, absolutely don't touch anything that contains estrogen. Um, and that is correct. Like if you talk about synthetic estrogens, right? It's very different with phytoestrogens. So here this about flaxseed. It's just one of my favorite foods. Because it's almost like an estrogenic adaptogen. What as what flaxseed does is that it elevates your good estrogens and it blocks the receptors, you know, on the cell, right? It blocks the receptors from the dirty estrogens from coming through. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Yeah. And there's, there, I mean, there are so many studies showing that. And so it's kind of interesting that, you know, doctors, I mean, you can really go on PubMed. Right. And, and look for flaxseed and, and breast cancer, <clears throat> excuse me. And there is so much, so much research just showing how flaxseed works. And so it's flax, it's not flaxseed oil. It has to be in actual flaxseed form. Um, and it's, don't buy the ground up, grind it yourself for like a week's supply, put it in the fridge uh, with in an airtight container. It, it tends to get oxidized really easily. See. So we don't, you know, we don't want, you buy the stuff in the store, you don't know how long it's been on the shelf there. So it's, you're just not getting the most potency from that. And how can I use it? How do I use the ground up flaxseed? Yeah, I... that's a great question. So you can you can throw it into a smoothie. You can just ah. put it in, you know, I just drink in a glass of water um, and you can do it on empty stomach. It actually also helps with women who have constipation. Flaxseed bulks up, right? Like if you leave flaxseed in the water for a while, it just becomes like this jelly, right? So um, when you take it internally with sufficient water, it will bulk up and actually evacuate a lot as well. And constipation is another thing that we really want to work through, you know, when you have hormonal problems, because when you're constipated, you are recycling all these estrogens back into your body, right? So we don't want that. Having uh -huh. a nice bowel movement um, is just so essential. So flaxseed can actually also help with that, which is another amazing benefit. That's incredible. And I have never, I've, listen to a lot of things and I've gone to different doctors and I've worked with different people. No one has ever explained that as well as you have, Magdalena. Now, before we started talking on air, you said something about massaging your own breasts that yeah. can be beneficial. So can you share that with us? Yeah, sure. So um, let's, uh, let me explain <clears throat> uh, how to do it first. And, and then, um, and then we can talk about what you can massage your breasts with because okay. that's another and when to do it. So um, the whole idea is to really, you know, support the lymphatic system. And a lot of times people ask, yeah, but I'm already rebounding. Like I have a rebounder at home or, you know, I do uh, lymphatic um, massages like with a brush. And that's all wonderful. Just keep doing that. Right. Yeah. 
something that's specific to the breast, especially for women who've been having, um, you know, some kind of a stagnation, like there is something, a pain point that just wouldn't resolve and there's a lot of engorgement, right? And so this is what you can really do to help yourself. So put your hand, um, I'm just taking my left hand and putting it behind my head, okay? okay. And then what we're going to do is I'm just going to move my microphone to make sure it doesn't get in the way. And what we're going to be doing is um, just, first of all, we want to be mindful where the exit is. And the exit is going to be where your collarbone is, right? So that clavicle ah, there, that's yeah. going to be, you, we're going to be massaging towards this point. That's your exit when you want to move the gunk out. Now think of the lymphatic system like a, a network of highways with trucks that are driving through it to eradicate and eliminate all the trash out of your body, right? Including your breast. So what we're going to do is my nipple is right in here. Okay. So we're going to be massaging. I'm putting my right hand now over my left breast. And what we, and if you have a, by the way, for people who have a problem with their shoulders, just, just, you know, raise your hand as much as you can. You don't have to put it behind your, your head. Um, it's just easier for me as I'm doing it. And from the nipple, uh, and I've got, I'm putting my hand, I'm putting my hand on like 12 o'clock on my breast right now. We very gently, we're just going to be massaging the breast out to our exit point, which is the clavicle there. After 12 o'clock, then you move your hand to two o'clock and you do exactly the same thing. And again, towards the exit point. Now we move on to three o'clock. And so again, everything is towards. Now, when you come to the bottom of the breast, right? This is where a lot of people, you don't go over the nipple you go under your breast and then up again, okay? okay? And so that's, go around like 360 degrees, right? With your breast, switch your hands, do it on the other hand. Um, that's it. It takes a couple of minutes to get this done. Um, now, where do you do this? You could do this when you're showering, when you're nicely leathered up, you're wet, uh, you've got some nice soap. And again, not a soap that is full of chemicals, but a soap like nice Castile soap, Dr. Broner, you know, and, and then you can, you can do it there. Some women prefer to do it using a cream. And again, if you want to use a really nice cream without any phthalates and perfumes in it and aluminum in it and any kind of nasty chemicals in it. Um, and you're massaging the breast exactly the same way. You can do this before going to bed. You can do it first thing in the morning. Um, and you know, it's whatever energetically feels good to a person when you're suffering a lot from that kind of breast stagnation it, the best practice will be to do this on a daily basis until you really relieve a lot of the stagnation in, in the lymphatic system. Now there's a couple of herbs that can be used in, uh, massaging your breast. So you can use a regular oil, like sesame oil or coconut oil, or your, one of your favorite creams. It does not matter. The cool thing is that if you really want to get even better results, there are a couple of herbs I want to mention that are just amazing. If you can get your hands on those herbs that are infused into oils, you can find them probably on Etsy or if you have a favorite, um, you know, herbal store somewhere near you, you might find these um, herbs being infused. And so herbs, the first one I want to mention is St. John's Wort. St. Oh, John's yes. Wort. St. John's Wort is a lot of people know it as the happy um, a happy herb not to be taken with SSRIs, but we don't need to worry about that because we are applying it topically and we're not internally uh, using it internally. Um, St. John's wort has got an incredible anti-inflammatory property so much so that it's just like the whole lymphatic system is just like, Oh, finally. Right. And, and everything just subsides and, and, um, and reduces its infl inf the inflammation in the breast. 
The second herb, which is revered in the women's herbal community um, and has been for centuries, is poke root, P-O-K-E root. For those of you who are from the South, you probably know poke salat uh, from poke leaves that is, has to be cooked in a very special way. Um, in fall is a time to harvest poke roots. So it's the root of the poke weed. And that is something that historically in the women's traditions um, in herbalism has been used for women who have incredibly engorged breasts, who have fibroids, who have terrible PMSs. So poke has a, an amazing affinity for women's reproductive organs. Um, and so if you can find, you know, um, if you can find a freshly infused uh, poke root into an oil, I mean, that's just a huge win. I can tell you that just by putting that on your breast, like even without doing the massage that I've explained, women just feel like the sense of relief literally in minutes. Um, oh, that's fabulous. how amazing that, um, yeah, it really is. Like I've never had so much of love and appreciation for an herb um, you know, until you start working with them. And, uh, and that's when it's like, wow, this stuff really works. <laughs> Where do you, at the health food store, are those fresh? Are they capsules? Are they teas? Are they, how do you buy them? So first of all, so we don't want to be using these herbs internally. Um, oh, I see. I, yeah. I, I so we want to apply them externally. Oh, so okay. Got you it. would, you know, some people, herbalists do that on Etsy. You can buy infused oils there. Um, a lot of places, they have uh, different herbal stores where herbalists would infuse oils into, like, for example, I live in Boulder, Colorado. We yeah. have an herbal store, you know, and the, she infuses oils there, um, you know. And so the other one, uh, I'll mention one more oil, um, is GLA, gamma linoleic acid. A lot of women know about evening primrose oil. Yes, I've heard of it. Yes. Right? Yeah. So evening primrose oil is like, it's what the GLA is what the special ingredient is. And that's like women who have PMS, for example. But we've discovered through research that, you know, doing research for our own product, uh, we discovered that GLA is actually, has got an incredible affinity for breast as well, both when taken internally or when applied externally. So what you got can it. do is if you have evening primrose oil at home, it typically comes in a capsule, in a soft gel that's got oil inside. Just poke it, squeeze the oil out, put it on your hand, on your palms, and then massage that into your breast. Okay. It's incredible. Like also, this is another highly inflammatory oil that can just help um, relieve the pain really quickly. Don't you have a kit <laughs> that you have created for? Tell us about your kit, because I think we're going to receive one of your kits. And then when you when we broadcast this, we're going to have a giveaway. So one of our listeners can get it. Uh, get it. Tell us yeah. about your kit. This yeah. Is so, you know, so we formulated the product is called Happy Sisters. Um, it has it has um, a supplement and a topical. So the topical contains all the herbs I talked about. We have poke root. We have uh, St. John's wort in it. We have GLA. Uh, so we are using borage oil, but it's, it's, it's even better than um, than evening primrose. But GLA is the is the key thing. We're using Nigella sativa, which is an oil from um, you know, from uh, the Middle East and the Middle East. In fact, they say Najela Sativa is the one oil that will fix any anything but death. Um, so that's that's an it's a beautiful oil too, um, and some really nice essential oil. So that's for the topical, and then for internal, you know, I paired it with a supplement because the supplement really helps to address estrogen dominance as its root cause. 
I'm not a fan of just, I think the topical is like, is great for instant relief. But if you don't address estrogen dominance as a root cause of the issue, then you're going to struggle with breast issues for your whole life, right? So the supplement is, contains things like magnesium, DIM, sulforaphane, calcium duglucrate. Those are all compounds that really help the body metabolize um, estrogen better. We also have something called um, red root in it. It's an herb that is a lymphagogue. It means that it, it helps the lymphatic system to function way better. Um, we're also using things like endographis and yerba santa. Those are herbs that are um, specifically working on liver um, enzymes that degrade estrogen. So they're very targeted, you know? Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, years of research and that's, so the supplement is, you know, address the, the root cause, get rid of estrogen dominance. Right. And then the cream is like, give me the instant relief. It sounds fabulous. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Megalyn, I have to tell you, my head is spinning from all the information that you've shared with me today. I, my head is spinning. It also makes me, um, you know, it makes me grateful that this information is out there now and that you're working so hard at it because I think that sometimes, oh, I just think that women's health, not some of it is our our own, not our, I don't want to say fault, but we take care of everyone else but ourselves. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And, 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 and we have a lot to take care of. So that's one of the reasons. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, and absolutely. And, and, you know, and the other thing is it's, um which I think is totally not, it's, it's a conditioning of, let's say the pop culture of the pop medicine is that you know it's it's so normalized to feel terrible right it's like oh you got a breast them I mean you go and tell your doctor you got a breast them well welcome to the club everybody does right yes and so it's like we are normalizing not feeling okay and and then we live with this for a long time here's a you know let me just say this I, I didn't tell you this but um one of the big aha moments for me was several years ago where I was kind of angry with my own body of going like, why am I so sensitive? Like I go to, you know, Portugal and Italy and I go a little crazy and I have gluten here and there and I have more wine and I have coffee, right? I come back and I have like period from hell. My boobs are all swollen and, you know, I've got lumps all over my breasts, right? And it's just like, I'm a mess and my skin breaks out and I'm like, why am I so sensitive, right? I was angry with my body. And then I did a DNA test and, and they, I had it interpreted by a couple of practitioners and they go, you know what? You are just the shittiest estrogen metabolizer. And I'm like, oh my God, that explains why both sides of my family, I inherited obviously these genes from both sides of my, guess yeah. what? All my, my mother is, my mother is a single child, but all her aunts, all her cousins, right? So my aunts have passed away from estrogenic cancers, breast, uterine cancer. Guess what? My dad's mom just passed away from ovarian cancer. And we have like this very rich history of a lot of estrogenic cancers on both sides of the family, right? So, you know, part of the, I mean, I said that I don't want to ever have a lump again. The lump thing is the smallest thing. I, the, my biggest fear is to go down the path um, of being part of the joke of my family with the joke in the family is we don't have a woman above 50 who still has a uterus. <laughs> I mean, that's my dad's joke, right? And I'm like, well, this is pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> because because I'm dad laugh, but that sounds I'm sorry to laugh but that so sounds like the, a kind of joke that my family would say that's why I'm laughing it's terrible yeah, he, he can joke because you know he's like yeah, right? and, so, and, 
Um, and I'm like, hey, dad, just by the way, you know, I'm 50 like next month and I plan to hold on to my uterus for many year more years to come. So uh, so I'm going to be the exception in the family. But anyway, the the point is that, you know, I think estrogen dominance and since we're talking about breast today, yes. your breast is an early indicator that something is off, that your body is asking for help. And yes. It is an early sign and it doesn't, you know, a lump doesn't have to progress to breast cancer or whatever else, right? But it can if you ignore it. And so against doctor's wishes, I will say that here, um, do something about it. Now, uh, let's see, when we broadcast this, man, my head is spinning. You've given me so many things to think about. We, when we broadcast this, we Miss Cindy puts all the information up on you, how people can reach you. So your Facebook, your Instagram, your website, so that people can reach out to you. Now, I know you have the kit. Do you also, I mean, off your website, can people make an appointment with you if they need to? Or do you do anything like that? Or no, no, I don't do consults anymore. But I do have uh, recommended practitioners who really know what they're doing uh, that we, we refer to. Yeah. Good. Good to know. I cannot thank you enough for your time today. Thank you. And, you know, I just want to really thank you for uh, bringing the awareness about breast health, something that's very underestimated, very ignored uh, by both doctors and us women. Oh, you know? not, honey, we, I, I have to tell you, this is, and of course it's gotten better. I'm just saying this in my, I am 71 years old when I was. Wow. I want to look like you when I'm 71. Oh, please. The lighting is good in this room. No, <laughs> I was probably 27 or 28. And I went to, you know, my gynecologist that I've been going to and it was a man and but I was under a tremendous amount of stress. My first husband was going to dental school. And it's like when he had medical boards, my skin broke out. We used to, you know, that used to be the joke. It was just very, I worked 60 hours a week. It was very, very stressful. I didn't sleep well. Um, my diet, I don't think my diet was probably that great, but it wasn't horrible, but I'm just saying. And when I went to, then when I went to my gynecologist and I said to him, you know, I have terrible PMS. I mean, really terrible. And my, my breasts and period and all this are just horrible. And I mean, I really feel like some days I'd like to shoot him. <laughs> and I meant it. Of course, I tried to make it sound not quite so. And he said to me, oh, you should get a hobby. And I said, what? Wow. So and, I thought, and at that time, that's when I started learning about, you know, my body more and started yeah. learning about just all of it that went with really terrible periods. But I'll tell you something. Women need to really be their own advocates and um, seek practitioners that can help them and, and, and open up, you know, because it's a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's yeah. A, well, I cannot thank you enough. All right. Well, Magdalena, I hope you will come back and talk to us again because I could talk to you. I just, I'm fascinated. Half the stuff that you talk about, um, I've either been there or I'm finally recovering from it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's oh, a very yeah. interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. It's um, very interesting. Yeah. I mean, if you want to have like something on uh, perimenopause, like that's a, <laughs> that's going to be our next focus for 2023. Oh. We decided a lot of people now are talking about menopause. You know, and I think that that topic is fairly well covered. But is the 
is the period before period you know before you enter menopause right when yes. things are going so off that is so concerning and everything everybody's just like you know it's it, no it's my husband is the weather it's the yeah. mold in the yeah. house it's the, everything else is to be blamed without realizing like oh shoot is actually i'm actually going through parent and it can be a really scary time for women so i oh, want to dedicate uh um, the following we'll year to good yeah. you'll come back and talk about that because i agree with you and it is a scary time do you yeah. know what I mean? And again, and as you just said, not enough information. I also think so much information, this is terrible. You were talking about chemicals with soap and all that, which I totally concur. Um, this is all filtered through the shit we're sold in this country. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we, yeah. we're so sold and what you, we're so sold, we should be happy every day and you shouldn't, you know what I mean? Wake up happy. So, but it's really, you have to dig deeper than that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You have to dig deeper than that, yeah. which is I think you're trying to do. If you if you ever want to talk to somebody about like who really knows her stuff about toxins, but delivers it in a very user friendly, attainable way. Yes. Her, her name is Lara Adler. Okay. Uh, and LaraAdler.com is her website, and she does podcasts, and she's absolutely fabulous. Um, okay, we'll look for that. You, Thank you. If you if you want something that is you yes. know um yeah but without like don't do this don't do that i know know, it's like she's not like that at all she's like okay here's what the five things we don't do and here's the 10 things that we can do you know good that's it's a better sales isn't it it's much better (laughs) yeah all right well miss cindy as always thank miss cindy for keeping the train on the tracks i thank you magdalena for your very valuable time today and you're going to come back and you're going to come back in 2023 and we'll talk about perimenopause Sounds good. And thank you so much again. I really appreciate both of you and and your enthusiasm and you were fabulous. All righty. We'll talk again. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If people want to reach out to us, it's womenbeyond at icloud.com. Cindy, I'm telling you, I can hardly remember my lines because I'm racing to the store to to buy fresh flaxseed so I can grind it up and put it in my smoothie. People have questions again. It's womenbeyond at icloud.com. Email us. And thank you for everyone that sends us a message or a private message and that listens because we're thrilled when... um, people tell us that they learned something or they enjoyed it and that's that's the idea that was the goal thank you so much thanks cindy bye bye